The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and thank you for joining me today. You know... Do you ever wish that someone had taught you in school how to be a leader and how to take risks? Today we're going to explore a liberal arts college at Middlebury College where in addition to the history, science, philosophy, and all the traditional academic subjects, um, Jessica Holmes is teaching an, an innovative course whose mission is actually to show students how to lead through a blend of classroom and experiential learning. This is creating a buzz, not just at Middlebury, but on campuses around the country. I'm so glad that Jessica's here this morning with me. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much, Kate. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. I know you you have kind of a dual role at Middlebury. You're an associate professor of economics as well as the director of the Midcore program, which we're going to be talking about today. Um, what does Midcore stand for, Jessica? Uh, Midcore actually, well, originally it stands for the the C, the O, the R, and the E stood for creativity, opportunity, risk, and entrepreneurship. And Mid, of course, comes from Middlebury. That's right. And so those th- that idea of core, um, you know, one thing I'm aware of from uh, hearing about the program from you and also from coming up to Vermont to, to teach in the program this year, uh, I'm really aware that this is an intensive month-long course, part of Middlebury's January term, and that as such, it's really kind of a, a special experience, um, something that not every student might want to choose because of its intensiveness. But would you just tell us a little bit about how Midcore is set up, Jessica? Sure. So it's a four-week immersion course, and um, by immersion I mean full immersion. Students work 40 hours a week, um, and they're working in small groups of, I would say, 15 students each. And the way that the class works is we're trying to, de- to build skills in leadership and in collaboration, strategic thinking, persuasive communication, idea creation, conflict resolution, crisis management, empathy, financial literacy, many, many core strengths. That's another way that we use that core um, in mid-core is thinking about these core strengths, skills that we believe are important for every college graduate to have, no matter their major, no matter their career path, whether they want to be teachers, doctors, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. They think we think that they need these core strengths, and the way we do it is in this 40-hour-a-week intense um, mentor-driven um, program where Effectively, everything is hands-on. Uh, it's experiential learning, so students learn by doing. They build skills through workshops, and the workshops are taught by experienced professionals. So to teach leadership, we invite executive leadership coaches, such as yourself, as you know from January, and you did a wonderful job, um, to work with students to better understand their own leadership style, to build skills and collaboration 
we invite experts in organizational effectiveness to run workshops on teaming and communication style. Students will take behavioral assessments to better understand their own communication style, the communication styles of others, and then the different ways that people approach and manage team conflict. To teach crisis management, one may invite a CIA officer to come in and teach some crisis management, and then we'll throw the students into a crisis that they have to resolve. And interestingly, to teach strategic thinking, we invite CEOs and other high-level managers to pose real strategic challenges for our students to solve, uh, and then we invite a mentor that can help them guide them in those making those recommendations to that CEO. So the course is really different um, in, in many different ways from a traditional curriculum. You know, I, I um, had the opportunity the day that I was um, up with you in January to go to lunch with the students in the course, mm. and they were really they really saw participating in the mid core program as um, choosing something quite committed. You know, I think that as as we talked over at lunch in the dining hall, they really saw themselves as making quite a different commitment than many students um, on college campuses would do with that one month, you know, program in the sense that they were really rolling up their sleeves and accepting a big challenge for the month, you know, and not looking for a light month, but actually looking for this very intensive experience. And, you know, creativity, opportunity, risk, and entrepreneurship um, what's important about those ideas, Jessica, for, for students at a liberal arts college? Well, I think that, um, you know, many of our students come to this, to, to campus and, you know, they arrive at a college like Middlebury and, you know, they've done all the right things all along the way, right? They've taken the right AP classes. They've done the right after school activities. They've, you know, done their hours of community service. Um, they followed a very clear path to get into a really strong uh, college or university. And then when they arrive at campus, they'll take the classes that, you know, they think uh, relate to their strengths or that they feel like they'll do well in. They follow the rubric of the professor um, to do well. And so what I think what we find is that there's a lot of students that um, are risk-averse on our campuses. Some of these high-performing students are quite risk-averse. And I think that if you can create an environment like Midcore, which is very intense, but it's also pass-fail, and we can talk about that in a second if you'd like, but the pass-fail nature strips away any sort of, um, you know, uh, need to get a good grade. We're not grading the students on their performance here in an ABC scale. We're creating an environment where they can take risks, they can be creative, and they can identify their own leadership style and their own innovation style, and they can gain an entrepreneurial mindset. And they can do this in this very safe space um, of a January term class um, where we have, you know, a, built a collaborative community. These students work together intensely with each other, but in that intense experience, they learn to, to support each other and they learn to teach each other to fail forward and to take risks. And so students will engage in tasks that they've never, you know, been asked to do before. And they learn to come up with creative solutions to the, the, the challenges of the day. And, um, and I think this, this particular program creates that safe space for them to do that. So it's really, I think it's really important and it's different from what they might see in a different, in a traditional curriculum. You know, you said so much there, all of it very helpful and, and descriptive, um, Jessica. And I wonder, just to go to that point about pass-fail for a moment, um, you know, there's a wonderful book called The Art of Possibility. It's written by Benjamin Zander um, of the Boston Philharmonic fame conductor and his wife Rosamund um, Zander who is a, a psycho, psychotherapist um, together they've written this incredible 
book, uh, a reflection really on, on leadership. And he talks in his book about this concept he learned from conducting, which was that as long as the, the young people in front of him saw themselves as having to be perfect, in other words, to get an A, um, do their best, that they were actually limited in terms of what they would put into the music and put pull from themselves. So he developed a practice of actually having them give themselves an A at the beginning of his course. And they would write a letter to him telling telling him from the future what they will what they would have done this year to earn that A. And then basically he collect those letters and everybody got an A and spent the year living into their declarations, um, living into those big letters that they wrote and and um it's a really fascinating human it's really a wonderful book and right aligned with what you're talking about. But I wonder, you know, this idea of give yourself an A, his intention was to liberate people from liberate especially young people from the strictures of trying to just do it right, do it right, do it right. And I wonder if the pass-fail approach has that kind of an effect at Midcore and what you see when students are freed up in that way. Oh, absolutely. I think it absolutely liberates them. And, and they tell me all the time, and in these student evaluations at the end of the month, they tell me, thank goodness this is pass-fail because I pushed myself outside of the comfort zone and I did things I would not ordinarily do. And, you know, what we teach them is that innovation only happens when people are thinking outside the box, when they're taking these risks, when they're deviating from these well-defined rubrics. And it's, it's apparent even on the very first day of class. The very first day of class will often give them a strategic challenge that they have to, you know, some, you know, some organization that's come in with a strategic challenge that their organization faces, and they have a week to try and come up with solutions, and then they have to present to the CEO or the manager at the end of the week. And I will invariably have on the very first day of class students asking me okay professor holmes should i you know i should do powerpoint how many slides should i have what font should it be you know what should it look like and i basically tell them you have 15 minutes you have the ceo in front of you for 15 minutes i i don't i didn't say anything about a powerpoint i don't care if you do a powerpoint maybe that's not the most effective tool to convey your ideas maybe it's an interpretive dance maybe it's a jingle i don't know what it is but you have 15 minutes and it's you know, you need to figure out a way to convey your ideas the most persuasively, you know, as you can. And it's interesting. They're they're just shocked by this, I think, some of them, because they're so used to, oh, okay, I have to make a presentation. I must make a PowerPoint. And they must follow these rules and these guidelines. And all of a sudden, it frees them up of, oh, I could think much more broadly about how I can convey my ideas. Um, and that kind of carries through the entire month. And, you know, we learn quickly that, we teach them that innovations emerge only because of an iterative process that are rippled with these failures. And every failure leads to a stronger insight and a better idea. So we want students to be very comfortable in that iterative risk-taking space. And so, you know, fail forward is a motto. We have a failure wall on our side of our classroom where students are encouraged to uh, state a time in their life when they failed and, and what they learned from that failure and we, you know, and sign their name. So, and we encourage our mentors that come through the classroom to also, you know, find the failure wall. So, it, it's a part of our, uh, the way we do things in midcore. I love it. I love this idea of um, fail forward as a an invitation to learning and experimentation, and and um, I think it it sounds like a real liberation for a lot of of kids in the program. What do you notice, um, Jessica? And we just have a couple minutes left, but before our break. But what do you notice? Um, from beginning to end, you know, sort of from the start of the month until the end of the month, what do you see in the students as the course evolves? Ah, it's a great question. Well, 
You know, they all come in, they're very driven and motivated. As you said earlier, uh, these are a select group of students who are willing to take on this intense experience. They could take an eight-hour-a-week January class. They're choosing to take a 40-hour-a-week January class. So I would say they all come in with energy and enthusiasm. But what they don't come in very often with is confidence. Um, And by the end of the semester, by the end of those four weeks, we've thrown so many different challenges at them that they leave with much, much more confidence. They also leave with an ability to... Uh, network and to talk to people and to gather information from beyond just Google and from the library. So they become far more resourceful at the end of the four weeks, and that's a transformation that I love to see happen. It's really quite quite exciting to see it happen, too. I was very, very honored to be included in your program this January and with my colleague Sarah Laskin from National Geographic Society. And, of course, Rachel Wald came up with us, too. Yeah, great. It was. We had a great. We had a great experience. Um, well, Jessica, just I, when we come back from this break, I'd love for you to um, tell us a bit more about you and your path and how it is that you got to the point where you find yourself um, inviting eighteen to twenty-two year olds into this kind of an adventure. Um, and 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 we also uh, really in this hour want to talk a bit about the liberal arts and the real world and and how this program. Um, is or isn't perhaps a bridge in that way. So we're going to take a break right now. Um, This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, and I'm speaking today with Professor Jessica Holmes of Middlebury College, Program Director of the Midcore Program, who's telling us about an exciting program that I think is eye-opening for for all of our listeners. We'll be right back. favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. This is Kate. I'm talking with Jessica Holmes, and we are exploring the Midcore program and what it's offering to students, and actually what it's offering to all of us as we think of it as a model for learning. So, um, Jessica, before the break, we ta- we really I think you gave us a great overview of the Midcore program and how it what it offers students. And uh, I'd love to back up for a second 
and just invite you to tell us a little bit more about you because I think this is such an exciting, energizing and um, a program, and it's it's clearly something you're passionate about. So my question is simply: Would you give us a, a few minutes just to tell us about your background and what what brought you to this work? Sure. So. Um I received my PhD actually in economics um, back in 98 from Yale. And upon leaving Yale, I really felt like I wanted to, to try my hand in the real world, so to speak. I wanted to solve real problems. I felt like I had been in school most of my life, all of my life. And um, I wanted to tackle some real issues out there, real problems. And so I went and worked in litigation consulting, believe it or not, and did economic consulting for companies that were being sued. Um, I worked in product liability and I worked in um, securities fraud and um, I also had young children at home and it came after about three years there where I felt as though um, I wasn't really having the impact that I wanted to have and the cases that I was working on really were not rewarding for me. Um, I may have told you this, Kate, but I think that the last case I worked on before I left, I was defending tobacco companies that were being sued by asbestos companies and I felt like that was not really how I wanted to spend my time. And so I wound up thinking back to, you know, my some of the role models in my life, and one of them was a woman named Jill Tiefenthaler, who was an economics professor that I had when I was at Colgate, and she just had this great life, and I, you know, reached out to her, and I said, Jill, I think I want to go back into teaching. I think maybe I can have impact there. Um, help me find my way back to academia. And so she was wonderful, and um, she, we wound up, I wound up taking a job at Colgate with her as the chair. Uh, my chair, and um, she's a wonderful mentor back then, still is, and I, I found that I loved teaching. I loved working with young people, and uh, I taught for, I've been teaching now at Colgate for a year and then Middlebury now for 11 years, 12 years, something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, the years are adding up, and um, I, I love teaching. I love you know, having an ability to shape young minds, but one of the pieces that I felt was missing when I was teaching economics was the link to the quote-unquote real world. I wanted students, students were writing papers for me all the time, and I loved the papers. It was great. We, we learned how to write a research paper, but very often what would happen in those research papers is that I'd read it, they'd get a grade, it would go into recycling again. And I felt like, you know, these students are so bright, so motivated, so creative, so innovative. Why can't we figure out a way to deploy them on problems of the world? Um, and so I wanted to bring more experiential learning into the classroom and MidCore allows me to do that. MidCore is this wonderful program that you know, brings this experiential learning piece into the classroom in a safe space and allows students to take risks and try new things um, under the guidance of mentors that have experience and expertise in these areas. So That's great. So it's really it's interesting to hear you talk about the in a way like the the, the journey of, be, of of your own life and some of the conclusions that you drew and and how that those actually are a part of this design of this midcore program let's go to this topic of mentors you mentioned that your mentor made a huge difference for you on your on your path um, tell us more about the how mentoring is part of midcore could you just kind of pull that piece out and give us an understanding of how that works Absolutely. So really, we rely heavily on the mentors to deliver the content. I mean, a faculty member like me, I'm basically a curator of the experience. I'm I'm somewhat of a guide on the side. I can make connections for the students between the workshops and between the mentors. But it's really the mentors, you know, wonderful mentors like you, who professionals that are in the trenches come in and deliver the content. So 
this particular January, for example, we had we ran three sections of Midcore. We had over 120 different mentors that came through those three classrooms, and these can be CEOs or C- COOs or entrepreneurs or psychologists or actors or writers or, like I said, CIA officers, leadership coaches, governors, you name it. These are all people that have different expertise, and they come in, and we choose them very carefully. We choose people who certainly have expertise in whatever skill we're trying to build, but also have uh, a willingness to engage our students and a willingness to really go, for example, like you did, go out to lunch with these students and tell them, you know, explain to them how they, you know, you arrived at your path and um, listen to their needs and their concerns and be a mentor not only when mid-core ends, but be a resource after mid-core, you know, six months after mid-core. These are still people that are willing to be a resource for our students. And so, you know, the beauty of having in one particular class, we may have 30 different mentors that would come through. And the beauty of that is that these students are exposed to 30 different perspectives, 30 different pr- approaches to problem solving, 30 different communication styles, 30 different career paths. They have this wonderful network of, of you know, 30 or more people who can offer guidance and support, teach them skills. And uh, this exposure and networking, I think, is invaluable and really sets this program apart from most other programs. What do, what tell me tell us how the students respond to the mentors I mean what what are the can you give us an example of how a mentor has uh, opened somebody's eyes Oh yeah I mean I think that the students themselves first of all you know they're incredibly grateful to the mentors that come through they I, you know in some ways the students are like sponges and they you know folks like you you're like heroes to them we're faculty that we see all the time you know they see us all the time but the folks that come in from the professional world and and impart their knowledge the students just adore you all um but i think that i think that one of the things that resonates with students very often is that people have very different career trajectories and i think what happens when you're a college student these days is you feel like your first job out of college has to be your job has to be your career has to be the one and only thing that you're going to do it has to be so important and they put so much pressure on themselves to choose the right job you know 6 months after they graduate they better be in that career already and i think what they learn from seeing 30 different people come through is that people's paths are so different and nobody very rarely is anybody in the job that they took September after they graduated and that people's paths are all different and it's okay. And and I think that's something that's invaluable in what they learn from listening to the stories of all the people that come through, that they're going to find their way and it's okay. You know, it's a great point and it's one that comes up quite often, I find, as a, as a leadership coach working with adults primarily, um, the world has changed so much. I think that people are concerned that, oh, I haven't found it, my path yet, or I haven't found the exact right thing yet. You know, what's the matter with me? When actually, the way the world works today, um, we're all going to have multiple positions in multiple organizations before we retire, most likely. And yeah. uh, increasingly, we're entrepreneurs as well. So it's it's um, that that idea of exposing them, exposing young people to different options and letting them hear the life stories and career stories of um, people from across different fields, it seems uh, like an invaluable perspective for people. Yeah, I also think that get. it frees them up a little bit. Like, you know, we'll have an art major who will come into Midcore and feel like she must go into art and she want, you know, then she'll meet somebody who was an art major and winds up on Wall Street or the reverse, somebody who was a science major in you know, as an undergrad, and now is running an art gallery in Philadelphia. So it allows them, it frees them up from thinking that they have to, 
you know, follow some well-defined path, and they have to know what that path is as soon as they graduate. So, yeah. I, yeah, that's great. And what do the mentors gain from the experience? And what, do, what do you hear back from the mentors who, who come in and, and do this? Oh, the mentors are terrific. And I, I, that's the one thing that I have, I'm so grateful to all of the people that come through our program because they're so generous with their time. All of our mentors are volunteers. And, um, you know, what I hear from most of them, if not all of them, is please invite me back and I've taken away much more than I've given. I think they're, they love to work with these dynamic, young, engaging minds, these enthusiastic minds that have such a, you know, open view of the world. Um, and I think that they're, they are charged up by the experience. And so we've had tremendous positive feedback from our mentors from the experience. You know, I heard many adults in the room the day that I was there. There were probably, I don't know, maybe like three or four or five people who were, for one good reason or another, also in the room with the students. And I heard people saying things like, wow, you know, this program, if only I'd had this when I was young. You know, they <laughs> yeah. were all wishing that we had this when we were young. Um, what, what you, you, you have the benefit, Jessica, of being in the class, getting, in effect, the same you know, yeah. learning as the students. What have you learned from being uh, part of it? Tremendous. Well, it's really interesting that you asked me that. So one of the things I'll say is that when I, we designed this curriculum, and I have a wonderful team of people that helps me design this curriculum. I don't do this alone. So there's a wonderful team of mid-core folks that help us design the curriculum and, and invite the mentors and, and arrange all the logistics for the program. But when we design the program, we really think about what do we wish we had learned when we were 20. And that's how I, you know, effectively, what skills do I wish I had 20 years ago that I've only now acquired? And how do we invite a mentor and they can build those skills? So it's great when I hear adults say that because it's exactly how we design the class. But I will say that I have now sat through uh, mid-core for three years, and I have fundamentally changed the way I work with other people. Um, I've learned a lot about my own communication style, and I've learned a ton about other people's communication styles. And I've learned techniques for communicating and resolving conflict that I think have helped me tremendously. And I've learned that from our mentors. I've learned new strategies for how to brainstorm and how to ideate and how to look for opportunities. So I think I've become a better entrepreneur at Middlebury College because of all of the lessons that I've learned from the mentors and, quite frankly, even from the students. I've learned to take risks in ways that I wouldn't before because I've seen my students do it and I've been inspired by them. So I, it's, it's continuing ed for me every January. <laughs> I'm sure it is. There's uh, so much vitality um, in the people and the young people and, and the mentors and, and, and in, in your team. And um, I'm curious, you know, Jessica, you've used this word before, but I want to call it out for those of us listening who might not be familiar with it, intrapreneur versus entrepreneur. What's the difference? Well, when we think about entrepreneur, it's somebody who, you know, may work within an organization to make change. So, you know, we think, you know, very often people will come into mid-core and say, well, I don't want to start a business, so I don't want to be an entrepreneur, but is this mid-core still for me? And I absolutely respond with, absolutely. If you want to go work in any organization, whether it be, you know, a law firm or a school or um, some other larger organizations, and you want to make change and you want to make impact, you need skills of an entrepreneur. And I somewhat think of myself as an entrepreneur at Middlebury, right? I'm not running my own business. I work for a large nonprofit organization, but I'm trying to build a program along with my team that's entrepreneurial, right? That's moving um, the college in a different direction. So, 
Thank you. That's a great a great explanation. And I know that this idea of um, of leading change is kind of um, integral to the whole program. In fact, um, you know, one of the premises of of Midcore is that one person with an idea, even a with a great idea, changes nothing. But visionaries succeed through leadership skills, communication skills, and entrepreneurial insights. You know that there's it's sort of like you plus your idea plus you know, skills and action, um, can, can lead to change. And it sounds like your, um, your concept of entrepreneur and entrepreneur is very helpful just in terms of embracing change. So we're going to take another break right now. Um, and Jessica, when we come back, I'm hoping that we can really look at, uh, the impact of this program and your bigger vision actually for what you're doing. This is Kate Ebner. I'm talking to Professor Jessica Holmes of Middlebury College's Midcore program and we'll be right back. guests are being featured this week read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts go to iradioblog.com today powered by the voice america talk radio network do you want to take your organization to the next level the nebo company develops leaders teams and organizations to achieve their highest potential we provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email... Please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, and today I'm discussing the place of entrepreneurship and leadership learning within the liberal arts with Professor Jessica Holmes of Middlebury College. Uh, we are talking about the Midcore program, and in its three-year lifetime, the, the big impact it's having not only the students who are involved, but also the adults who are mentoring in this very much mentor-driven program. It's an exciting, experiential, um, one-month-long intensive course. And um, Jessica, we were, we've been talking about sort of how it works and where it came from and the inspiration that really helped you to catalyze this program. And um, thank you before the break for giving us a little bit of language around entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, um, this whole premise of change. Um, are Middlebury students encouraged to see themselves as agents of change? Can you just say a little bit about why why the idea of being brave enough to create change is so important? Uh, well, I think that, you know, one of the things that's right in our mission statement is that Middlebury, te- uh, I'm not going to paraphrasing here, but one of the things that's right in our mission statement at Middlebury College is that Middlebury College uh, teaches students to engage the world. And so we think of Midcore as one of the ways in which we can give them the skills to try and engage the world. And 
you know, we work closely with the Middlebury Center for Social Entrepreneurship, which is led by um, my colleagues John Eichen and Elizabeth Robinson. It's a new program on campus, which is great, seeing great demand in students who are desiring to basically make a difference in the world and have impact on social change. So I think there's huge demand out there for the skills and the opportunities and the resources for our students to be able to do it. And MidCore and programs like um, the Center for Social Entrepreneurship provide those opportunities. Well, it 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 is interesting to see the sort of rise of social entrepreneurship in this generation and to see the way that young people are really embracing um, being the change, you know, to use that much used phrase. And it's exciting for me as an alumna of Middlebury College to see the way that Middlebury is poised to really lead in this, in this territory. Um, I'm interested to, to take a step back in a way with you, Jessica, and, and ask you to actually look out into the bigger picture, into the longer view. Um, my first question is really about the future of liberal arts. And then I'm going to ask you to share where you see this program going, kind of as a separate piece. But here in Washington, D.C., one of the nation's um, most intensive um, high school preparatory environments and lots of discussion going on about college, university, the value of liberal arts versus other kinds of um, education for for young people. Um, there's lots of debate happening right now. And I'm really interested in your thoughts on on how this kind of an experiential program uh, serves the liberal arts and and what you think about the future of liberal arts, given some of the controversy that's that surrounds the the price tag these days. <laughs> right. Well, first of all, I have to say that I'm a huge advocate of the liberal arts. I'm a product of a liberal arts education myself, having gone to Colgate. And when I decided to become a professor, I only considered liberal arts colleges. So for me, the liberal arts is is very, very important and is not going anywhere. Um, I think students in the liberal arts benefit from both breadth and depth. They sample from many courses, which allows them to think critically and make connections across the disciplines in ways that are really important. Yet they, through their chosen major, they also gain a deep insight into one particular field of study, which I think is also important. Um, I think that programs like Midcore are complementary to the traditional liberal arts education. They're not substitutes for it. Um, this year, Midcore attracted students from, I think, over 20 different majors. And this is terrific because, in our mind, diversity is what fuels innovation. So Midcore, in my mind, is somewhat like a microcosm of the liberal arts, students from every major coming together to solve real strategic problems using the tools and the perspectives and the connections and the critical thinking skills that they learn in their traditional liberal arts education. So they come to Midcore with these very strong skills that they've developed in their traditional classrooms. And what happens is they leave with, you know, Midcore, having gone through this Midcore experience with more confidence, more resourcefulness, and better leadership and collaborative skills. So when they return to their traditional classrooms, they're more active participants in class discussions, they're more innovative in their approach to research and inquiry, and they're better collaborators on group projects. So it's actually a perfect, you know, I think, complement to a very valuable liberal arts education. Thank you. And and to to let you kind of continue, uh, you know, in your train of thought, it seems that this program is extremely popular. I know you've been expanding um, and that there's quite a demand for for the experience from the students and from the community. Um, 
what is your vision, Jessica, for Midcore? When you when you are are looking to what you're creating, the impact you're you're wanting to have, you know, if you look out, say three or five years, where do you want to be with Midcore? Well, I certainly would love Midcore to touch more lives, more students. Um, right now, we offer Midcore on Middlebury's campus in January. We offered two sections this January. We also offered a section at the Monterey Institute this past January. Um, and we are opening it up to students from any college, any university, and even recent graduates. This summer, we're going to be offering that to um, students at Sierra Nevada College in Lake Tahoe. So any student can apply, any recent grad can apply. And I think that, so, you know, right now we're thinking expansion-wise, just having this program be available to more students, um, not just Middlebury students, not just Monterey Institute students. I think it has real impact, and I think that we can make a difference in the world through providing these skills and opportunities and networks to, you know, effectively our next generation of leaders and innovators. Um, I have a, uh, I'm just looking here at this thank you note on my desk from a student who took this class, and I'm just going to read it to you because I think it shows the impact this can have, and mm-hmm. my vision is to have this kind of impact on more students. So I'll just, it's a quick little snippet, but it says, uh, this is a thank you note to me about the student's mid-core experience. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for an absolutely mind-blowingly incredible month in mid-core. I originally decided to take the course to challenge myself and break out of my comfort zone. And in the end, I did not only that, but dozens of other things besides. I'm walking away from this course with a lot of amazing things, but I think the most significant one is a new self-perception. Before mid-core, I never thought of myself as a risk-taker or an entrepreneur or a public speaker or an idea guy. But after this month, I've seen that I can be all those things, and I really think I found this new self-awareness thanks to you. So I would love for more students to have that new self-perception, to see themselves as risk-takers, entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, public speakers, and idea people. And so to the extent that we can expand this program um, to students from all institutions and have them come through our Sierra Nevada summer program, I think that would be wonderful. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that's my vision. More students having this experience so they can have greater impact on the world. And so that program in Sierra Nevada is open to any college student from any college or university. Exactly. To, to apply. Yeah, Great. and we already have some wonderful mentors lined up for that program. Some of the students mm-hmm. will be have the opportunity to work on, um, on an innovation challenge where they have to come up with a new product or service, a new way to deliver an existing product or service, or a solution to a social problem with mentors like uh, the co-founder of Netflix, Mark Randolph. He'll be there working with them for several weeks. Um, We're going to have the former uh, CEO of Microsoft Asia coming in and working with students on cross-cultural collaborations of the former press secretary for the Obama campaign working with students on communication strategies and crisis management. So I think it should be a wonderful experience. Um, for students. We want to provide this opportunity for more people. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it's it, it, it it's such a great vehicle for the vision you have, which really seems to be about um, giving young people that perspective that will help them to see the impact they can have through their choices and through the application of who they are, their gifts and their talents over the course of their lifetime, and in a way liberating them from conventional kind of linear thinking about all of that. Um, I wonder, you know, as you as you look to the future and think about um, this this intersection of leadership, entrepreneurship, and the liberal arts. Do you think this is a trend that's going to grow? Do you think it's a? How do you see it, Jessica? Uh, well, I, you know, I think I'm assuming it's a trend. I it, it's got to be because 
we've been getting phone calls from plenty of other colleges and universities intrigued by our program because the demand on their campuses is growing for programs like this. Um, we've tripled capacity in the past three years, and we still have a wait list. Our summer program, we've been receiving applications from literally across the country, but even as far away as Oxford and Copenhagen and Pakistan. So I think, you know, in this increasingly global and competitive pro- economy, programs like Midcore are providing the students with the skills that they really do need to engage the world. And one of the things that I've learned through directing this program is that this generation has incredible ideas, and we need their ideas to solve the global issues of the day. So I think that I don't think it's a, a short-lived trend. I think it's a growing trend, and I think our global issues that we face are calling for more innovation and more leadership, and I think that to the extent that colleges and universities can do their share in providing the skills and the opportunities and the network um, for these students to, to better engage the world, I think we should be doing that. I'm struck by the relate the reciprocity of generations in this program, the way that the mentors give and receive and the way that the students are giving and receiving to each other and to the mentors and to 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 the communities in which they're working and doing projects and you know it occurs to me as I'm listening to you talk about this that one of the things that makes it so exciting is uh, the point you just said about these young people have great ideas they have the ideas we need and this this structure actually allows other generations to uh, share what they know and participate with um, the new the new and upcoming generation, you know, versus when you get out into the work world, sometimes we tend to see these things as oppositional, you know, sort of this generation does it one way, this next generation does it a different way, and there's there's a gulf in between. So there's a there seems to me to be just this um, this real reciprocity built into this um, this educational learning experience. Um, I wonder if that was intentional. I think so. I mean, I think that we, very intentional. I think that we realize that um, we're trying to create a collaborative learning environment where students are learning alongside mentors who absolutely have expertise, but sometimes there are no easy answers. And there's a lot of ambiguity in the strategic challenges that we throw at our students. And I think learning to deal with ambiguity is important. And I think that the realization is that, you know, we have experts that can come in that have some of the answers but not all of the answers. So students learn alongside some of the mentors and they try and tackle some of these problems. We tackled homelessness in mid-core this January. Now, granted, in a week, the students are not going to solve homelessness and, and we're never going to solve homelessness, perhaps. But um, can we move the needle on homelessness? Can we bring mentors in who are stakeholders who are working on this challenge within Addison County, Vermont here and have students bring in their fresh ideas and their first perspectives but be... Um, you know, coached by and guided by the stakeholders who have worked on this challenge for years and years and years? Absolutely. Um, so I think it's a, it's a situation in which there's a collaborative workspace. There's less hierarchy. We throw hierarchy out the door. And I think part of that is thrown out the door when we throw grades out the door, right? I work alongside my students in this environment. I'm not grading them any longer. I'm just trying to help them. We're all trying to come up with solutions. And so... I think we break down those intergenerational barriers and say, hey, we're all together here. Young people have fresh ideas, you know, innovative thinking, tons of energy, and the older generation has expertise and maybe some, you know, um, perspective, a different perspective on some of these challenges, but we can all work together to figure it out. So I think it works pretty well. Thank you. That's great. What What do students read in this program? What are the texts or the books that go with this? So that's a great question. The um, 
interestingly, we don't give a lot of reading. So it's an experiential learning class. We don't have tests. We don't have quizzes. And we really don't have very much reading. I ask them to read A Whole New Mind by Daniel Pink before they start. Um, we've also asked them to read, uh, sometimes we've asked them to read Getting to Yes about negotiation. Um, but because the students are literally in class 40 hours a week, and then they're expected to be working on these strategic challenges another 20 hours a week outside of class, what we've learned is that they don't have enough time to read all the textbooks that we've, you know, assigned in the past. So we do ask them to read The Whole New Mind before they get there, which I think is a fascinating book. If anybody has, if you have, if your listeners haven't read it, it's Daniel Pink. It's a great book. Um, and beyond that, it's really all experiential hands-on. Well, I I think that um, you know the the more you talk, the more curious I become about this whole this whole the the implications of a program like this. You know, not only for young people but also for communities. Um, we're going to take a break right now, Jessica, and when we come back in our last segment, we'll just um, we'll just explore what our listeners might take from hearing t- you talk about this today. Um, this is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate. I'm with Jessica Holmes today, and we're talking about this extraordinary program at Middlebury College called MidCore. We've heard from Jessica about the principles that guide the program and its design. We've talked about the origins of the program and Jessica's own passion for teaching, for learning, for combining um, education and learning with real-world experiences and the importance of the mentor in her own life, which is um, very much a part of the design of the mid-core program as well, kind of um, times 30, really, um, for the students in that program. And so, you know, as you've been listening today, I hope you've been not only hearing about the program itself and what it's doing, which I think probably will give lots of people great ideas, but also some of the things that um, I think of the wisdom that's sort of baked into this program, Jessica and I thought it would be fun to try to pull some of that out for you right now. So um, we'll just take turns and see if we can identify some of the things that might be helpful 
to to realize as the uh, principles upon which this learning experience are based that you might be able to use in your own life. Um, the one that comes to my mind first is um, this idea of um, embracing change and seeing yourself as someone who can create positive change and who can um, who can be a change agent internally or externally, depending on what your your emphasis is. But the change is something to really embrace and look forward to. So that's one thing that I really hear loud and clear. Um, Jessica, what else jumps out for you? I actually would just encourage listeners to take risks, to move outside comfort zones, to not necessarily follow the rubrics in the path that have been defined for you or that you feel like you should be on. Um, I feel like you know the best innovations happen when people move outside that comfort zone, and so being comfortable with that ambiguity and comfortable with the with the fact that you may fail, it's okay to fail. I think is an important lesson that we try and teach in this class that I've taken to heart my own self, and uh, I think others can do. I, I love it, and I, I think the um, there's a there's a another piece for me that's related to how. Um, how students in this program are encouraged to reach across disciplines, across communities, uh, to collaborate. And the idea that perhaps interdisciplinary collaboration is really valuable. So I guess the takeaway might be um, look for people who are different than you are to sit down with and to learn with and to tackle problems with. Absolutely. Diversity is the key to innovation. So if I put, you know, one of the things we do when we structure this class is we literally break apart the students by major and by class year and across the sections because, you know, you want students from different age groups, different backgrounds, different majors tackling problems together. Innovation is fueled by diversity. So don't surround yourself by people that think like you. Surround yourself by people who don't think like you, and you'll actually move the needle on projects much quicker. Yeah, I think that's that's so well said. Um, okay, here's another one, which has to do with mentoring. Um, at Nebo Company, we often teach people in mentoring programs the idea that you can learn from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so often people are caught up in the idea that um, they have to really have a special chemistry with their mentor, that they have to have a, a real click, they have to be completely aligned in their interests or their paths in some way. And we try to teach the idea that you can learn from anyone, that when you open your mind to, to this way of thinking, you can sit down with virtually anyone and enjoy the conversation Consider what they're bringing to the to the discussion. Um, learn from their perspective, even if you know you never follow the path that they're on. You know, so I, I guess I really hear some of that. Learn you can learn from anyone, and here's you know many mentors' perspectives to learn from. I really see that as being part of the program. Does that ring true? Oh, absolutely. And I think you can never be old too old to have a mentor. I would also say, and never too few mentors in your life. Um, I think even if you're, you know, the CEO of some company right now, it doesn't mean that you don't need a mentor in your life and don't need a network of, of support, people to bounce ideas off of. And one of the things that we teach also in Midcore is we literally teach networking. We uh, we teach students how to network. We teach them um, some of the, you know, finer arts of how do you engage in a conversation with somebody who first met, how do you gracefully exit a conversation at a party when maybe the conversation is, you know, you're, you're you have, you're done. Um, how do you, you know? We teach them some skills of networking, and then we invite thirty or forty people from the community in to have them network. And um, I think the students don't, you know, they learn the value of having those, having that, you know, those interpersonal skills, and having that network of people to rely on to bounce ideas off of. So you're never too old to have a mentor. 
That's right. And open your eyes to the network you're in and, and consciously expand it. You know, I think we have a call coming in um, on the show. And with Chad's help, maybe we could take that call on the air live. Hi. Am I on? You are. Hi, it's Helene Richmond from Brown Helene. And I have a question for Jessica about the Sahara program. When you say you're opening it up to all other um, schools, are you opening up to community colleges and um, sort of, you know, learning um, institutions where kids might not be in a private liberal arts school but would benefit from this? Absolutely. Um, so the program is open to any student, any college student, community college or four-year college student, absolutely, and even students up to four years out of college. So, so how are these community colleges and some of these smaller inner-city areas caring about this program? Well, we're, we're trying desperately to do some marketing. Um, we've only, the program was only established about middle of November, so we've got our website up, midcore.com. You can get all the information about applying to it there. We have used um, some textbook distributors, and we've put in um, cards into textbook you know, into the textbooks that students are getting at various colleges across the country. We've used email lists of colleges, you know, for uh, four-year colleges, two-year colleges. Um, we've got we've had students that are um, former students, rather former mid-course students, going around and doing tours at various colleges. So we're trying to get the word out because the program is so new. Um, but all the information to apply is available on midcore.com on the website, and we encourage students from any institution to apply. Great. Thanks very much for your call, Helene. Did you have any other comment? Um, no, just uh, great luck with it. It sounds like a wonderful program and so well needed today. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Great. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Good. Well, a great question, actually. And um, you just mentioned the website, um, midcore.com, is the way to get to the, the program. Is that right, Jessica? Yep, absolutely. All the, the application itself is on there, but also um, the website talks about the core strengths that we develop. And it talks about the mentors. It has testimonials from the students and from the mentors about the program itself. And it actually talks about some of the other programs that we have under the umbrella of Midcore. This is our immersion program, but we also have a summer internship program, and we have a fall and spring workshop series. So information about those other programs are on the website as well. Good. Well, it's a beautiful website. I hope people will go and check it out. And if you're listening today and, you know, whether you're the one who's interested or there's somebody you know who might love to have this experience, we hope that you'll spread the word and share um, about the Midcore program and especially the Sierra Nevada program that's open to students from any campus. Um, this is a great way to uh, empower young people. And um, there may also be people listening who'd love to learn more about being a mentor. And any thoughts on that at this point, Jessica? Absolutely. So if folks are listening and they'd like to mentor in the program, um, we'd be happy to hear from them. Again, probably the best bet is to go to the website um, or to email midcore at middlebury.edu and just tell us what your skills are and tell us what workshop you could imagine running. Or you know, The way I often talk to ask mentors to think about it is, you know, what skill do you wish you had learned when you were 20 years old, and how could you create a workshop, a hands-on workshop that would build that skill? And let's talk about it. So that's that's usually my approach, and it's been successful so far. We've had some wonderful, wonderful mentors that have been very creative in the workshops they've developed for us. Well, it's, it's um, you know, and I'll just mention in that spirit that the program we did was called Discover Your Path, really answering that question, what do you wish somebody had been able to to teach you when you were th this age? And it's just how to discover who you are and 
and how to read the signs so that you're making choices that continuously connect you with your own values, your own talents and skills and gifts and your path. And that was just one small piece of mid-course offering. Um, you know, my guess- incredibly empowering for them. I mean, the students came away from that with such, uh, a, you know, a mindset for how they can go about their life. And I think it was incredibly powerful. So thank you to you, you and Sarah <laughs> and Rachel. It was wonderful. Well, we had a lot of fun, um, Jessica. Thank you. You know, we're at the end of our time together, and, um, you know, it's exciting to be able to feature you today, Jessica, and to talk about this program. I think we so much are looking for examples of innovation and creativity and connection that actually leads to um, positive change for individuals and also for the larger world, and Midcore does all of that. So thank you very much for being our guest today, Jessica. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you for having me as well, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Wonderful. Well, have a great day and have a great week. Take care. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.